Support for this podcast is provided by That Cast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. I think it's, you know, it sounds very cliche, but I, I don't wait. I, I think, uh, you know, life is short. And there's probably never a better time than right now. After 18 months of, of kind of you know, building the, the business, uh, my own business, it, it really rings true that I, I, I really wish I had started it sooner. Um, don't wait for a better economy or, or don't wait for a particular moment in your career or anything like that. If, if you really feel like you can do it and, you, and you've got the uh, good vision, uh, then you know, don't, don't wait. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast, a show about inspiring business leaders from Portland and beyond. John, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. It took us about a year to coordinate this, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> so, Johnny, you're the founder of this new agency called Act One. But I want to just kind of start with you telling us a little bit about your background professionally. So we, we met sure. when, at a pr- previous role when you were VP of marketing a couple companies ago. So right. I'd love just to start, give a little overview of yourself. Sure, you bet. Well, I've had the privilege of being part of a marketing and sales team of five locally headquartered companies here in Portland over the last 20 years. And it's been a real um, exciting uh, journey uh, on this um, on this professional path that I've been on. I started uh, actually as an MBA student at okay. Portland State. That's kind of where I got Go my... Go Vikings. I'm yeah. an MBA uh, PSU grad. Too, yeah, so. yeah. There's a lot of us out here <laughs> in, the, in the Portland marketplace. And while I was a student there at Portland State in their MBA program, I landed a job at Sequent Computer Systems. Mm-hmm. And it was a sales support role just to kind of get things started in my career. And I was soon promoted to run a division of the professional services group for North America, okay. which gave me a, a nice chance to, number one, manage people. But then also what I realized was how important the integration between marketing and sales uh, really was for, for the success of a business unit and, yeah. of course, for the company. And it gave me a chance to work with Sequence Corporate Marketing Group. Which at the time was, was really exciting. Uh, Sequent was, was on a very steep growth curve. We were doing some really innovative things in the uh, server space. And it gave me a chance, like I said, to really manage a, a business, uh, from a profit loss standpoint, manage right. a sales team. And, and it was a lot of fun early in my career. When Sequent was acquired by IBM, I actually spent a little bit of time with Extensus doing business development for them. Okay. And money was still flowing into the, <laughs> this, into is the, the time, this was right. just before the, uh, the dot com crash. And so, um, during that time, Integra Telecom had just uh, landed. Uh, actually, at the time, it was the largest round of financing in the state's history, to wow. over two hundred million dollars in, in financing to expand its current operations in Oregon to five new states. And Integra needed somebody with some um, sales and marketing experience to take that Oregon model uh, to these new to these new markets. And so, I joined as director of field marketing and. That was the ultimate sales and marketing challenge because we had to go into these new markets where we had zero brand awareness. Right. We had no local customers. In fact, our, our network wasn't even built yet. <laughs> and we were going to these uh, small and medium-sized businesses and asking them for their 
the phone, internet, and data services. You know, it's some fake of the, until you make it a little bit. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> well, you know, this is some of the most critical services for their for their companies, and we were asking for um, for their business, and they gave it to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, and I think it, it it was a real testament to the thoroughness of the work that we had done up front to really understand the market. Right. We knew what products they wanted and we knew how they wanted to be served. And that message and that product set really resonated with those small and medium sized uh, businesses. And within two years at Integra, I was promoted to VP of marketing. And for the 12 years that I was there, Integra's annual revenues grew from 18 million to over 600 million. And the first five years was largely organic growth in some of these new markets. And then the company made two major acquisitions that doubled the size of the company each time. Mm. And after that um, 12-year ride with Integra, I joined EID Passport Mm -hmm. out in Hillsborough. And they had really done a nice job of figuring out the security technology for the U.S. military. Mm -hmm. And they saw an opportunity to commercialize that. And so without a marketing, previous marketing uh, group, I was hired to build a marketing team and develop a product set for the commercial marketplace. And one of the things that we learned early on as we were doing research again about the market, knowing the market, was that the name needed to be changed. That EID Passport was probably not a good name to go into the commercial or the consumer mm-hmm. marketplace with. And so uh, what we did was we actually changed the name of the company from EID Passport to SureID. Right. Yeah. And that gave us a lot more traction and, and great visibility in the marketplace. And then from there, I went back to telecom as VP of marketing at SmartRG over okay. in Vancouver. Yeah. And it was about that time that I, I began to reflect on my career and, and really w- what I wanted to do in, in the future. And I knew a couple things. I knew I wanted to stay in Portland. Mm-hmm. I've been in Portland now over 25 years, and I still I still love it. And I also really liked working with executive teams on figuring out the brand, uh, really understanding the marketplace, uh, communicating that brand and that message to the to the um, prospects and to customers. And, uh, and also what I also realized was that in this age of digital marketing, that there's still a longing for a face to face contact, mm-hmm. that the, that personal interaction is really where deals get done. And even when you look at social media, right, you see a lot of posts of people at events. And I'm so guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> and so in addition to the strategy and the marketing part, uh, I've also, um, added on uh, event management. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that was part, always part of my um, responsibilities as a VP of marketing and, and the companies that I've worked with. And, and it just seemed to make sense and, and dovetail nicely into the other things that we were doing. So the, uh, the mantra that we have at, at Act One Partners mm-hmm. that I started last year is to know your market, tell your story, and, and celebrate your success. And, and that really falls into the categories of you know, strategy, marketing, and any events. Well, let's unpack a couple of things. So, the, you know, you mentioned the sales marketing, you know, alignment early in your career, you really got traction in that. And it just from a marketing perspective, um, that's more important that, than ever, I feel like, especially in B2B. So f- tell me about just kind of that experience throughout your career, leading up to leading, you know, starting your new agency, how important it was to get that experience with the sales part too, because, you know, I, I work with a lot of marketers and I feel like that is something that's uh, 
um, crucial, becoming almost, you know, uh, crucial to. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great question. I think the biggest trend over the last 20 years has been when you take the, the traditional sales funnel mm-hmm. of marketing at the top and then, and then sales at the, at the bottom of the funnel, kind of closing the deal. Marketing's role has gone deeper and deeper into that sales funnel over mm-hmm. the last 20 years. When you think about consumers now, even ourselves, when we go and we make a purchase, how knowledgeable we are before we make that purchase. Uh, we don't need the salespeople to necessarily tell us about all the features and benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need uh, them to give us customer references because they're already there for us to, to access. And so by the time sales comes along in the, in the selling process, a lot of what had traditionally been done by sales has already been done by marketing. And so it just increases the importance of having your message really well refined right. and that, and that marketing done well. And so when I think about when we, um, you know, when I started the agent, when I started act one partners, um, we, um, we really wanted to make sure that there was a strong sales and marketing alignment. I mean, that's really where success happens. Right. And regardless of how deep into the sales funnel that handoff happens, it needs to be, still needs to be done well. And so that's why I think the, the organizations that have really figured out sustainable and profitable growth have very strong alignment with sales and marketing. And a couple other things, and we'll get to Portland. You've been here 25 years. That's one of my favorite topics, just the growth okay. we'll talk about. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you unpack, we'll unpack the event because events are very near and dear to my heart. You know, I, I, I run some small events myself, but, you know, they're also a lot of work. <laughs> right. So tell me about just, you know, committing to say one of the core things we're going to do as part of our agency is, is run the events because there's so much value in it. And again, uh, you, you talked about how more so than ever, right? There's probably more value. So can you just kind of expand on, you know, uh, why events, but also in today, in t- you know, today's age, why are events so still like face to face is still so valuable for you know, folks? Yeah, I think it goes back to what I said earlier that in spite of our reliance on our, on our phones Mm -hmm. and the digital life that we, that we all lead and, and how we're marketed to by websites and by Mm -hmm. digital ads, we, there's still a longing for that face to face relationship, even in B2B, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even more so. Yeah. People sometimes discount the relationship in, in a B2B sale. But it's still people buying from people and events still will be a great platform for those transactions Mm -hmm. to occur. In my role as VP of marketing over the last 20 years, various companies, like I mentioned, it was hard for me to justify having staff to necessarily do events Mm -hmm. uh, because sometimes they're infrequent or sometimes they just pop up as a good idea. And so that was another need I felt like my um, firm could could meet is to be that extension of the marketing team Mm -hmm. to come in and help with events or to help with special projects Mm -hmm. or to help when there's a a, um, an event that has has happened with a company whether it's a merger acquisition or declining sales or or something that needs some outside Mm -hmm. support that you could never justify having a full-time right uh, staff to do yeah and and one of the things I you know 
I told you before we started recording, I really wanted to get into is, you know, you have this great uh, corporate career and you've started your own business. And so tell me about kind of, obviously there's an opportunity and I think you guys are doing great work. Um, but just tell me about wrapping your mind around, like, I'm going to do this and just kind of that switch from say, I'm not going to go look for another executive role. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. So yeah. Just talk a little yeah. bit about like that. Yeah. Well, it's actually related to my desire to stay in Portland. Okay. Uh, there are only so many VP of marketing roles here yeah. in, in Portland. And, you know, the, um, I, you know, th- there's always the option of working remote for another company that's not headquartered here. And, and I do believe that most effective executive teams are all under one roof. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was a, a bit, motivated by my desire to want to stay here in Portland. Also just the season of, of my, um, of my career. I, I felt like I had, um, great experience as, as an executive. Mm-hmm. And so it was time to just kind of go off on my own and, and build a team and, and go and go to market, you yeah. know, independently. Right. And so what, what would be your advice to other folks in similar kind of stages or who have that, you know, corporate track because, uh, a lot of people do want to go on their own, but it's, yeah. it's a lot, right? So what would be, uh, maybe some things you could share as you were going through that process? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it sounds very cliche, but I, I don't wait. I, I think, uh, you know, life is short. Yeah. And there's probably never a better time than right now. And again, this is, sounds very cliche, but <laughs> after 18 months of, of kind of, you know, building the, the business, uh, yeah. my own business, it, it really rings true yeah. that I, I, w- I really wish I had started it sooner. Mm. Um, don't wait for a better economy or, or don't wait for a particular moment in your career or anything like that. If, if you really feel like you can do it and you, and you've got the, uh, good vision, mm-hmm. um, then you know, don't don't wait. Mm-hmm. That would be the the first piece of advice. The other one is probably really think about what difference you're going to bring to the marketplace. You know how whatever whatever product you have or service, how is that different than what's maybe already be, being done in the marketplace, uh, or how is it different than than the competitors? Mm-hmm. For us at Act One Partners, we really feel like our approach is is different than what companies would get from from another uh, firm and it's largely because number one we take a very data-driven approach to problem solving we we do a thorough job of really understanding the market really understanding the the problem secondly and i think this is critical our approach is very holistic it's not only holistic in that we include design and and marketing and culture as as part of our approach um, solution, but holistic in the sense that we really try to bring together as many departments as we can to, to as, as part of the process. Mm-hmm. Number one, because if you don't do that, there are likely going to be gaps that you didn't, weren't able to address. And then secondly, I think this is critical, and that is uh, you get buy-in. Mm-hmm. Because if there's one department or one leader who hasn't been part of the process, you know, who don't, that doesn't have their fingerprints yeah. <laughs> on the solution, uh, you know, they could really be a drag on implementation. Yeah. And, and so, it, you know, again, data driven, very thorough, and then very holistic. That's great. Well, let's, uh, let's get into Portland a little bit. Sure. You know, again, you said you, you started your career here at post, right. you know, MBA and we've uh, grown a lot. 
And so I always Absolutely. like to ask, you know, your thoughts on just you know, our growth in, in relationship to the business opportunity here, you know, and just how that's changed. And you've been at a few different companies. So, you know, pros and cons, what, you know, yeah. what, what do you see for, you know, Portland in regards to just the business uh, community here? Yeah, well, it's been an amazing 25 years in, in Portland's history. And it's been a lot of fun being being part of that on the business side and, and seeing it. I've I've had my, my, raised my kids here as well. And, and it's been, um, it's been, it's, it's a great community. Uh, number one, I, I guess I would say it's a lot more fun dealing with growth problems than the alternative. Sure. <laughs> so I think, yeah. you know, yeah. just on the surface, we've got that going for us mm-hmm. and businesses feel the same way. You know, growth problems are a lot more fun <laughs> right. than, than declining problems. And so with, um, with that in mind, you know, the, the question is very timely because just this past Saturday, there was a, an event at PSU uh, called Portland 2.0 where they spent a day with, and they had a number of panelists uh, discussing you know, Portland's past, kind of what got us to where we are now, some of the things that were done well and, 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 and some things that maybe could have been done differently. And then what's what's Portland 2.0 look like? And what's what's really funny about that is a lot of the topics that were being discussed at that event were top the same topics that we discussed in you know in as 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 an MBA student in business school um, twenty five years ago, and um, traffic and education and you know what, what kind of growth do, does the city really want? Right. Um, so those problems still exist, but at least they're being discussed and, and, and being addressed. I think the other big change that's happened is that in the past, when the countries experienced recessions, it's been said that Portland was one of the first economies to feel the recession and one of the last economies to recover yeah. from the recession. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that would be the case next time around. I think Portland is, is bigger and stronger and, and more diverse. Mm-hmm. So three attributes that are critical to survival. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the next recession, we're going to um, fare much better, much better than average. And it'll probably make us stronger. You know, I think, you know, you, you do learn to um, do better and, and you learn the hard lessons during tough times. And Portland now will be much more equipped to handle that. Yeah, I know just a lot of your clients are national. So how's, you know, just been based here, you know, working with clients national? Has that been, at this point, you know, doing business anywhere, you you can, you know, it's not a problem. But I I guess um, as far as building your team, getting the talent, Portland's a good place for that, right? It is. That's the other topic I, I failed to mention in my list of things that we discussed 25 years ago and are still being discussed now is does Portland have the talent for businesses to, to grow mm-hmm. or do the businesses have to seek talent elsewhere and, and is is Portland have the lifestyle and the economy and the education system to attract talent to move here to, in my travels nationally and the clients that we've worked with nationally Portland is a great place to be from uh, Portland's got a great reputation nationally. We still get a lot of great press and coverage right. nationally. It's obviously a destination when you look at the number of people moving here. So I, th- I think Portland has a great brand for, for business, both locally as well as, as nationally. Mm-hmm. Great. So where, uh, where can people find you? Is Act One 
partners. Act1partners.com. Yeah, that's our website. Right. And we've got a, a small team, but we, we, we rely on partners mm-hmm. to help um, our clients. Yeah. And it's, we've had a great first year, and we're uh, looking forward to 2019. All right, John. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruton, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts.